2: Oh, it's been a crazy week here, guys, in eSports. But really quickly, before we do start the show, we just want to let you guys all know Axios Sports is the free daily sports newsletter you need. Sign up for free today at sports.axios.com. And now, let's get it rolling. Welcome back, gamers, to the Esports Rewind Podcast. My Hello. name is Jake. This is my partner, Xanifer. Hi. What a week it's been, Zan. Yeah, I
1: feel like we say that every week because it, every week I is do. just like... it's.
2: I keep on trying to think of new intros, and I can never think of one, so I'm going to keep <laughs> on going with that. I mean, the statement is accurate. It is yeah, like... It, it truly always is. Yeah, what a week uh-huh. here in gaming. But uh, yeah. welcome back to Esports Rewind Podcast, episode number 21. Thank you all for watching, whether here on Spotify, iTunes. Just welcome back, peeps. You want to get into it, Zan? Yeah, let's jump. Yeah, I'll kick it off, and uh, Let's roll all right Xan, to start her off. You know we've talked a lot about loot boxes here on the on the oh, show
1: Yeah, you know,
2: and I know <laughs> you best love thing loot in gaming.
1: Boxes. Oh my god <laughs> Loot boxes are the Lord and Savior.
2: I knew right when I said the word, I cracked open a case. And I I mean that unironically that I shouldn't have with you. Uh, You know, let's get it straight, though. Things are happening. Things are definitely changing.
1: Really good things.
2: And they're going to continue to change. And we'll keep you guys posted on that. The latest announcements, though, you know, we talked. You actually talked about the French going after Steam. Mm -hmm. They own their games. They should be able to resell their games. They should be able to actually cash out their Steam balance to real life money, amongst other arguments they're trying to make against Steam. Now they're going against Valve. In their case system and they've already made changes um, so if you guys do not we're not aware about this or you're not csgo fans they now gave players an item scanner so they know what they're getting before they get it yeah, and it's an
1: interesting system right because you can't you don't have an option to say hey no uh, I don't want this, right? You have to discard that case after you. So here's look the
2: thing. So people think it's abusable. It's not. Valve was actually yeah. very smart about the way they did this. Mm-hmm. Obviously, games are not going to try and give out the best items possible. Pretty much, you pay 250 to get the item scanner. Then you can actually scan your first item. But in le- before you can actually go on to scan other items, you have to buy what you first scanned. Right. So you can only ever scan one thing at a time, and you have to pay for it no matter if you want to continue scanning. So it's not really that abusable. It's not that bad. But their movement has now, you know, changed things for the future of other games because, yes, they're they're kind of avoiding this loot box because is it gambling if you know what you're going to buy? Yes. Yes, <laughs> but I think this is their workaround for whatever, whatever dispute is coming their way. And so we've already seen articles pop up now, but other games supposedly doing this where they mm-hmm. show you, and so you as a viewer, it's still gambling, but you're more so making the choice now of, okay, I know I'm going to get this. I'm going to forcefully put up the cash for it so I can keep on doing it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a step in the right direction, for sure. And <coughs> I think I think this will probably hold the courts back for, like, I'd give them, like, you know, about a year. It might buy them some time. Mm-hmm. But I think we're eventually going to wind up at a point where I give it five years maximum. We're not going to see loot boxes anymore. Because there's too much proof. There's too much research having already been done that proves that, hey, loot boxes in general are anti-consumer. Consumer. And I think a lot of regulation is going to come to the same conclusion, Mm -hmm. like it already has.
2: Uh, I think my worry is just the marketplaces because mm. we've had Rocket League as well this week all in the same week all these changes happening right. and now all of a sudden Rocket League they're owned by Epic Games and they're going towards the item shop route they're also mm. going away from crates and so potentially some big shifts happening there with the trading scene just pretty much being gone and so I think you're gonna see a lot of backlash especially when that kind of stuff happens and my worry is I've talked about it before when it comes to like a marketplace and economy that's a big attraction for a lot of people mm. and so without that scene I think we'll see a lot of games suffer if if it's going to be for the ultimate good, yes, maybe. But I think a lot of games, some games, will suffer more than others. Obviously.
1: Yeah, there will definitely be communities that take a little bit of a hit. But I think at the end of the day, everybody will come out the other side much stronger for it. Because, I mean, I think there's definitely ways to still maintain a vibrant Mm -hmm. and active marketplace without without gambling involved.
2: There's a fine line between Mm -hmm. gambling and having a really cool marketplace and trading scene. And so hopefully someone figures it out for the rest of us. I'm not sure the item scanner way is the way to go. And as you said, I don't think it's going to last. But hopefully other improvements will be made. You know, I think a lot of people out there are against loot boxes but still want some form of it. And hopefully some developer out there can find that form. In, mean, the,
1: in the future. No reason it shouldn't be Valve.
2: They make enough money.
1: They can afford to spend some time. <laughs> they can looking, afford a couple years yeah, to look into this kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, they can do the uh, research.
2: So updates coming soon for all of you guys on loot boxes as they continue to progress and continue to change.
1: Okay, so this is going to be pretty brief on my end. It okay. is just a general uh, Google Stadia update because we haven't talked about there it in a little bit. There it is. Bit. It's been a few it's weeks. It's been an entire week or two, maybe even. <laughs> I think it's. I think it's been... Longer, maybe four. I hope someone out there is just like,
2: great. Stadia again. Here we go, (laughs) Sam.
1: Yeah, um, anyway, since we we haven't talked about Stadia since we actually uh, went to the audio version of the podcast as well. So quick recap of what Google Stadia is, if you hadn't heard of it. Google Stadia is uh, Google's gaming platform. It's not a console. It's kind of like a service that you log into and allow you to play any game anywhere as long as you have a decent enough internet connection. Uh, And they're saying that all you need is 35 megabytes down to get 4K, and it's really affordable. I mean, 1080p, uh, that service, that version of the service is free for everybody as soon as it launches, and it seems really promising. Now, a lot of people have had justified concerns with Stadia because from what we've seen in the past, from other services is a lack of ability to make streaming a video game actually works smoothly. Mm-hmm. yeah. Especially cause getting like a solid 60 frames is hard even on a console sometimes, let alone streaming it from some data center like thousands of miles away potentially, right? Um, but anyway, this update, pardon me, at its core is highly technical in nature but I'm just, I'm not going to get too oh much gosh, into the here we go. I'm not going to get too
2: much into the nitty-gritty not going to
1: talk too much about
2: give us the broad so we
1: understand compression it. codecs and all that but anyway uh, there was a new wired article an interview with uh, several members of the Stadia team and it gave me personally a lot of faith knowing a decent bit about compression codecs and the way streaming and all that works Google is not going into Stadia without knowing all the concerns that people have about it. And maybe they should've been a little bit more upfront about this information because I think when they revealed the Stadia a couple months ago, we were all like, hey, yeah, I don't know. Even after we heard really positive impressions of people playing it at uh, events and stuff, people were still like, I don't know if this will actually work in somebody's home. But if you are interested in hearing more about how Google is actually taking into account like they, they've got their own compression system going. They've got plenty of new data centers. They're, they're using machine learning to kind of almost predict what data they need to send your way mm-hmm. to, to speed up, or rather to decrease latency even more. And you know, it's- When is launch going to be too? Ah, I- uh, it's November. They haven't confirmed what date exactly in November. And I think they're still, because I think they're still hammering out exactly how they want to deliver it, mm-hmm. right? Although good news is the Stadia free orders have already sold out. Okay. Took a bit of
2: time, but I mean, they they, they, they sold out like a good minute ago. Okay. Okay.
1: Yeah. 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 Uh, It's doing pretty well.
2: Have they only sold out in Europe or? Only Europe. Okay. So not anywhere else?
1: Not anywhere else. but We I don't, have
2: our fair share of doubters out there, yeah, Zan.
1: Yeah, we definitely do. But I think I think they had lower stock for Europe in the first place, I would imagine, because okay. the data situation over there is much different. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to run into many more people that are actually stuck at, like, sub-10 megabyte per second download speeds, whereas where, like someplace like America, the average is well above, like, 15, I believe, at the moment. So it's a lot more viable. So your
2: update for Stadia is pretty much, don't worry.
1: Yeah, it's pretty much, hey, Google knows what's up. They're going to they. This latest article from Wired, and I do recommend you give look, give it a look if you're interested in the technical aspects. Um, it's it's it gives me it gives me a lot of faith. Uh, on top of all the positive stuff. Yeah, you've already, already had faith, so yeah, we'll, uh, we'll yeah. see. I mean,
2: it's extra. That's it's bonus. <laughs> <laughs> so for all you uh-huh. <laughs> Stadia people out there who are already reassured by Zan, be mm. more reassured, and we'll find out. In our next update probably going to be. I mean, when you know, it's coming up, yeah. So. When
1: it releases, probably. Yeah, and first we, impressions. We, we
2: both have our pre-orders, so yeah. we'll keep you guys posted on Google Stadia if mm-hmm. it can live up to the hype that Xan is yeah. On for. Yeah,
1: I think this is a pretty good chance. <laughs> I don't know.
2: <laughs> All right, Xan, more of a complex story for this second one. All right. All right. Um, you know, it's dealing with Tifu, and along with that, we actually where had, going.
1: He,
2: yeah. <laughs> we have. More of a speculation piece out there we put out last week. If you guys don't know, the podcast is a bit pre-recorded, so probably uh, last Thursday for all of you guys who are wondering. We talked about this very briefly on the channel. That being, Tfue apparently might have been approached by 100 Thieves. 100 Thieves, one of the biggest brands, especially in North America for eSports, but uh, I would say worldwide as well, one of the bigger, well-known brands in eSports. When I'm saying brand, I don't mean like the typical eSports organization, always competitive. I mean they just have a lot of things going for them in content, in merch, and other deals as well. As well, and uh, alongside the likes of Phase, which, ironically enough, Tifu still kind of kind of belongs to. Yeah. Yeah. And so he's still was, on
1: the payroll, right?
2: You know what? I don't know. That's a really good question. <laughs> yeah. I'd love to hear his uh, uh, two cents on that. But when it comes to the possibility of Hunter Thieves actually approaching him, we saw in a TechCrunch interview, one of the Hunter Thieves investors being Scooter Braun talk about this. He talked about did not name a name or an eSport, but apparently Hunter Thieves had approached one of the best players in the world in this eSport. And again no name, no eSport given and apparently they'd actually found out a little bit later on in negotiations it was it was set to be done, set to be signed. They found out a bit of a, a history with this person in choice words being used. And so instantly when he said that my thoughts were had to be Tifu, right right the surprisingly actually thinking about
1: it, there aren't that many eSports players who get caught out saying using with let's say problematic word choice.
2: yeah right. and I mean I mean yeah. there's their fair share. Yeah, yeah, there's a good
1: good bit. When you look further
2: into it, you look at the profiles that Hunter T would be approaching. Mm. Obviously got to be a pretty notorious name, got to be a pretty big name. Scooter also tells us one of the best in that eSport. And then you go back to a history of word choice, all of which would line up with Tfue. There's not many other profiles out there that line up to that. Yeah, definitely not. Especially when it comes to being pro players in an eSport. Some people thought XQC. Which would work for the you know you know sketchier passive I, word choice. Yeah, but I don't um, know. I
1: don't know if he'd fit hundred thieves. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Again, and he already uh-huh.
2: belongs to an organization right. just like Tifu. But uh, there was only a few other ideas out there who could possibly be. A lot of people, I think, agreed it could be Tifu. And so my overall, let's just get to the point here. I guess my question to you is that that's I, I think a very genius move, especially a genius move that probably will not be recognized because Nate Shot will probably maybe never come out and say that it was Tifu. But we now look two months back and if they would have signed him before this previous September when right. he actually had an instance, uh, that being tifu of saying some things he shouldn't have. Again. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and so it's kind of a, a move that probably will never be recognized as a very smart move to make. And my question to you is, do you think that other organizations will kind of follow suit about this as we do hear more stories than ever? And again, there's not that many, but when we do hear pro players saying these words, it certainly hurts the organization. Do you think we'll see not only 100 Thieves, but other orgs kind of follow suit look into a player's past, and not hire because of these kind of things?
1: Absolutely. I think in today's day and age, especially with how much people love to just go look through people's Twitter feeds to find, like, dirt, to to find stuff to, like, oh, if I ever want to, quote-unquote, cancel this person, what can I throw at them and say, oh, yeah, you said X, Y, Z. I don't think any brand ever wants to see their name in a headline like, oh, FaZe clans Tifu says Whatever so and so. Word, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know that's that's just bad PR in a very una- in a very unavoidable. You got saying, it, man. I keep saying unavoidable. It it's very avoidable mm-hmm. to just pick up someone who you know is going to represent you well yeah to a certain extent
2: but obviously they're looking for certain criteria I I thought it was very impressive to see they they shut down possibly and again speculation as Tfue it could be someone else I think it's it's crazy that they turned down potentially offering one of the biggest creators out there especially name name wise just for that instance. And so second to last question to you then, you know how, how far do you look back? Obviously with some players, you wouldn't have to look back very far, but when do you stop judging a player then for what they said when they were, especially with pro players being younger and younger, what if you have an upcoming talent, he's going to be huge for you, perfect fit, but when he was 14, 15, 16 years old, he said these things, is there then a process of no, we 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 made a rule, you can't say that, so we can't offer you? Or do you bend your own rules?
1: I think I think it's gotta be contextual in every circumstance. Yeah. Like if we're going under the assumption that this is tea food that they were talking about, this is a repeat pattern of behavior within a very short amount of time, very recently, right? Like mm-hmm. within the last one to two years. I think that's fair to say, like, hey, yeah, this is this is something that's still current to this extent. And Tifu is not the type of person who has expressed the type of remorse towards like, hey, yeah, I, I might have said something. this is you know obviously not what I actually mean, you know, XYZ. Mm-hmm. I don't think I could not see Tifu in a position where he genuinely will stop using this language like, in anytime soon unless somebody is, like, hard, like, no. And even then even then it will pro- it might still slip out. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and that's got to be a worry for an organization.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think with other – if we're talking about other orgs and other players, I think we're, we're going to start seeing people look back. Maybe, maybe they look back five years so they find something, like, three years older or older. Then they talk to the person about it as mm-hmm. opposed to just nixing the deal. Mm-hmm. But I do think, in general, eSports players and eSports fans as well, because you never know when, as a, as a fan, you might become involved in eSports in general. Everybody kind of has to watch what you put out there publicly. Be very careful. Yeah, everything can come up. It's super easy to, even if you delete something, it's super easy to still find it.
2: Yep, and, and you made a good point earlier, too, in this yeah. kind of moment of cancel culture. I mean, mm. people love that bandwagon, no yeah. matter how far it stretches back, especially now with eSports, you know, hopefully on the rise still. It doesn't take much to spark a flame against you. And so just got to be careful. And I guess lessons to anyone else listening out there who's an up-and-coming player, creator, anything inside, any scene you want to pursue, social media will always come back to you. So just be Mm -hmm. careful. And, uh, yeah, glad we had your two cents on that. Yeah, thank you.
1: All right, Jake. So. You know I'm a huge Destiny guy. I know you, know, you are. Yeah, that's like that's, that's my jam yeah, right there. Yeah, you are. Destiny is like my forever game. Not, honestly, if somebody looked at it, my brain was like, you know, I want to make a game for Xan. <laughs> <laughs> it'd be Destiny something, whatever. It, it'd, be, it'd be Destiny. If Destiny had a fighting game inside of it, Jeez, I would not ever you, play you, anything oh my,
2: else. You'd probably quit your job. <laughs> Jesus! Uh, if you guys you guys don't know Zan, Zan uh, thinks Destiny is also destined for esports, which is another topic. I, I for don't. Another I day. don't know that.
1: I think it's actually destined for esports. I just think I just want my favorite game to also fair be enough. An fair yeah. enough. Yeah. So what's what's yeah. you got
2: for Destiny? Oh, yeah. oh, it was a big week for Destiny. Yeah, it is almost a almost too week. big. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's that's what I'm about to talk about. It
1: was too big for a little bit. <laughs> So uh, for those of you who don't know, the there's several changes that happened in Destiny this week. First of all, they launched a free-to-play version with so much content. Like, God, if I think if I gave you the free-to-play version of Destiny right now, it would probably take you to, until the end of the year to finish all that content. And
2: I would probably greatly enjoy it. And yeah, is it, that on Steam? Uh, it is on Steam, though. Okay. yes.
1: Uh, they launched the free-to-play version of the game, and they l- launched a new expansion called Keep. They also migrated all of their players from Battle.net to Steam. Mm-hmm. And, you know, huge undertaking. And this all happened at the same time on Tuesday. And, of course, they got hammered by hundreds of thousands of people trying to play all of the same time. They got hammered, yes. Yeah, real bad. One of their highest concurrent player numbers ever, which is great for them, but it did kind of take the game down, they had to uh, take the servers down for several hours and they still had problems even after they came back up, like I know I was trying to play Tuesday night and um, none of my guns would show up on the screen. Which is a a vital point of the game. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of hard (laughs) to shoot things if you can't see the reticle that kind of says hey, this is where the bullet is going. Yeah. But um, anyway, Kotaku actually reached out to a bunch of game developers and just to get like A feel for hey what what actually happens when servers go down like this Mm -hmm. because usually the perception in the gaming community is that oh obviously they just didn't buy enough servers or they didn't properly take into account oh this is how many people we expect to have right like it's it's
2: It's a great question because you wonder why it happens so often yeah yeah it's almost like every game can't prepare for the the rush Uh they're about to get
1: Uh uh-huh and like, if you, if you know a lot about server architecture, like, it, it becomes really clear, like, pretty quickly that, yeah, it's it's kind of impossible to actually prepare yourself for, like, say, 200,000 people all doing one action at the same time. You yeah. don't really know how that's going to affect your code until it actually happens in real life. Yeah. So, you know, you got to kind of take it one step at a time. But what I really did enjoy about this article is a, a couple game developers gave what I think is probably the best, most easily understandable explanation of exactly how all this stuff works so i'm going to read out a couple general quotes just because okay. i think i think they are really useful comparisons right uh so rami Ismail is a uh, indie indie game dev and he said the problem can it can be a lack of servers um which is essentially a lack of computers and you need to handle all the players trying to connect or follow um you know if we're going to use a train station
2: as a, as a metaphor here
1: let's do it that's what they did. Cause I mean, used I to think, love trains as a yeah. kid. I feel like everybody knows what trains are. People yeah, know how trains most work. Most people, yeah. you yeah. know,
2: back in our day, <laughs>
1: I've been on a train or two. Yeah. Yeah. That's those were my funny, favorite parts of being in Europe. Their public transit system was so great. Oh yeah. 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 But um, anyway, so there's one situation where you can imagine a train station where there's, where there's not enough tracks and too many trains, right? Mm-hmm. That's what ha- Yeah. That's what happens when you have a lack of servers, right? But it could also be, oh, okay, so the, P, the players themselves on their console or their PC are sending way too much data to the servers. And so it winds up in a station, a situation where there's a station where there's a lot of tracks but an unexpected number of trains on the, on, on the tracks themselves, right? Causing like a little bit of a bottleneck or it could be the code slowing down how the data is processed like a tra- like a station where there's both enough tracks and trains but every passenger has to fill out a form on the way out <laughs> of the train. so it kind of <laughs> slows things down a bit yeah yeah paperwork takes a bit of time yeah. yeah um or it could be entirely third party and the devs don't really have much impact there where say the t- trains are supposed to be coming from your sister station but you know they just aren't for whatever reason, mm-hmm. and so there's a bunch of people backed up on your station, you know? And apparently, according to a bunch of developers, it's usually not a lack of servers. Like, which is, which is interesting because the the number one thing people always say is, oh, it's just not enough servers. Mm-hmm. Right, but yeah, it's apparently, it's usually, just like I said earlier, problems that you can't detect because you, they, they're, they're operating at such a scale that you can't um, predict it mm-hmm. to a certain extent. Uh, one of the developers who worked on Uncharted 3, uh, he you know, uh, pushed their multiplayer suite live. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was saying that, hey, uh, what it looked like to the end user was really long matchmaking times, but the game code would form a match and then some of the people wouldn't be able to, to directly connect to each other actually, and then the match would be, for- would be forced to dissolve in the back end. but the players wouldn't see that, so it would just look like you're just loading forever. You Interesting. Know? It's Lisa, and, and he gave another great metaphor. It's like, he said, it's like Google Maps on your phone giving you bad directions and then realizing the reason is, oh, I've got faulty electrical wiring in my house. Didn't
2: follow that one
1: yeah. one bit. Yeah, see, you, they seem like two entirely disparate problems, right? Obviously, why would the electrical wiring in your house have anything to do with why Google Maps isn't working? Yeah, I don't know. But that's exactly what the problems wind up being half the time. Like,
2: that seems like a lot of excuses of just like it makes, okay, it makes okay. a lot of sense. Eh, like, I don't know it, about that, man. Put, it, it seems you, like a lot of ways to say we couldn't handle it. It's it's it's.
1: it's I don't think it's a problem that is handled. Like handleable ahead of time, it's something you can prepare for. But it,
2: here's the thing, man, because mm. some games do prepare very well and just do just fine. Some I games have a lot of players hit it and uh, they it works. So why does it work sometimes and not others?
1: I think it's kind bad of, prep it, to a certain. T- it's I don't think it's bad prep so much as bad it's, it's luck a
2: scapegoat to say like oh we got unlucky, like yeah, oh man there was too many trains. Like just, that, just
1: based based on the way code works, right? Um, you could very easily just have something that works technically speaking. Your code can be fine. Right, Like, say if I write some, a piece of code that say says, OK, the sky is blue. Obviously, we all know the sky is blue. There's no reason why saying the sky is blue should be a problem. But imagine all of a sudden you have 200,000 people reading the, the line of code that says, oh, the sky is blue, and all of a sudden there's another piece of code that says, oh, hey, because so many people are hammering at the sky, trying to see the sky being blue, then Oh no, the sky is broken now.
2: Do you realize what you're putting our our listeners through? Like do you <laughs> uh, like I know it's, it's You're hard. speaking in riddle it's, for the past really 10 hard. minutes you've been speaking really, in a riddle. It's
1: really hard to describe and like I know I'm probably not doing the best job, but it's hard to describe without getting like super super technical. Into like I could talk uh, from like the SSL standpoint, but which that I'm like, make what any... you mean SNL? Like I don't know Yeah, like, yeah that wouldn't make any sense whatsoever. I thought the more that important was, yeah. point, besides yeah. the
2: fact that okay, servers went down, we mm-hmm. see this all the time. I mm-hmm. really don't, you know, it doesn't really affect me that much. I sure. thought it was actually still a great, like a, just a great thing in general for Destiny.
1: Yeah, I, I agree, and they were able to get the servers up so fast.
2: Like like going back to Steam, mm-hmm. great thing for the future of the game the free-to-play option for the Mm -hmm. part of the game as well. I I like the move. It makes me almost want to try out the game myself. You definitely should. If there wasn't so much else out there too. Uh And so besides the whole server issue, obviously got it fixed, right? Corrected? Yeah, totally
1: fine. Taken care of within a day.
2: Destiny 3 timeline, is there one?
1: Um, Kind of no, actually. They're in their last ViDoc. They said they kind of have a five-year plan for Destiny 2. Really? Okay. They talked about, like, yeah, they've got an entire line of content already plotted out for the next couple of years. It talked about wanting to make it so that a big problem people have always had with destiny, t- and well, destiny, both one and two, has been the way the story has been presented. Mm-hmm. A lot of people didn't have never really loved it. Um, they're talking a lot more about, hey, how can we fix that? How can we make it so that every single well, every single season you come back to destiny? The story connects, and it all makes sense, and you're getting a yeah, very would clear picture. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, right. Which I mean, it's it's a very mm-hmm. extensive story, I'm sure, but
1: yeah, it's, there's a lot of lore. Either way, by the mm-hmm. time
2: Destiny three hits, the servers hopefully will work. I mean, honestly, they got some
1: time. Honestly, honestly, I think you can't, you kind of can't plan for
2: it. You kind of can't.
1: Christ. You honestly can't. The I, w- I would say it's not. It's think about it. It's not bad luck on the part of developers that have the servers go down. More good luck. Good luck on the part of developers that don't.
2: All right, fair enough. We'll end it on that. Servers coming back. (laughs) Servers are back. That's all that matters. Yeah, servers coming back. (laughs) And before we hit the next topic, really quick, let's give a shout out to this week's sponsors. Following the team you love in 2019 can be time consuming. Trying to follow everything happening in sports is almost impossible. You could waste an entire day scoring through every app and visiting every website. Now, that's why we recommend Axios Sports, the best free daily newsletter out there. Sign up for free at sports.axios.com and get the best stories from the NBA and the NFL, along with everything from cricket to ping pong. Axios Sports also highlights the most important stats and trends, giving you the ability to stay informed. It's super simple to sign up and it's free. So Sports.axios.com, join the 100,000 sports fans who get cut up in the day before it even begins. And best of all, there's no paywall, no subscription fee, nothing. This is free, curated sports content delivered directly to you. Sign up at sports.axios.com. Again, try for free at sports.axios.com. And our second sponsor this week is Harry's. Ironically enough, named Harry's, guys, humans have been shaving for thousands of years. And the secret to a great shave, it hasn't changed much. The ancient Greeks didn't need flex balls or heated handles, and neither do you. That's why Harry's does not overcharge you to add gimmicky features to their razors. They deliver what actually matters, sharp, durable blades at a fair price. We love Harry's because it gives you a close shave, easy glide, low price. And do us a favor and check out harrys.com slash blue wire for your free trial today. It's $2 a razor, and the blade gets delivered directly to your door whenever you need them, and you cannot beat the quality and if somehow you don't love your shave let them know and they'll give you a full refund listeners of this podcast can redeem their harrys trial set at harrys.com slash blue wire you'll get a weighted ergonomic handle for a firm grip a five blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade rich lathering shave gel with aloe to keep your skin hydrated and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy to grab on the go go to harrys.com slash blue wire to start shaving better today and now let's jump into our next topic Okay, Zan. Do you realize you started out last segment by saying that that was going to be a brief motherfucker? No, I started
1: the Stadia segment by saying that was brief, not last one.
2: My memory is so bad. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, it's the monsters and the rock stars instead of my clean (laughs) dude. This is. Uh, we can, All natural. <laughs> we could talk so much about energy drinks. And oh, I'm sure, sure we will one day uh-huh. when we're sponsored by one. Uh, but anyway, so my last one for today, uh, I'm going to talk really quickly about content teams, your thoughts on this. Right. I think I like the most when we actually shoot back and forth and like actually ask each other's opinions. Mm-hmm. So openly, what do you think about content teams for eSports organizations? What are your general thoughts on it?
1: I think they are the way of the future, Okay, definitely. They are the path to being profitable consistently. They're the way that... Honestly, I think if if you have, if you wanna be an esports pro in the future, you should be working on being a content person now too.
2: I really like the way you word things a mm-hmm. lot here, and that that especially, because yeah. um, a lot of the things you say kind of attune to what I'm trying to get to. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, we're only, not only talking about Hundred T and how they signed the Mob. We've talked about them at least a little bit between right. you and me. We also have Phase. I, I, I really do think when it comes to content creation and view wise, mm-hmm. maybe not the things that a lot of pe- some people don't enjoy, but you know every team does it differently. When it comes to brand and actually view power, Phase is one of the top dogs. No one can deny that.
1: There's a great reason why FaZe has so many celebrities and influencers signing on board,
2: and Phase Global will certainly be someone we talk more about here. They Absolutely. they do a great job of bringing in the viewership, and with that, partners uh, yeah. and signing new people. And then also, what I want to talk about mainly is NRG. They've made a lot of great moves right. recently. As of last week, they actually signed TST Team Summertime. You didn't really know who they were, correct? Yeah. See the thing which is, which is not a bad thing. Yeah, I, the, I knew
1: I knew all the people who were involved, but I didn't know they had like a team. Yeah. Yeah, a team within a team. And obviously, most situation. notable is Hitch. Yeah. You know, formerly of right. Opt. And right.
2: um, but but with that, I, th- I actually called it one of the biggest content signings of the year, which I had to be bold for the title. Yeah, of course. I, of course. I personally do believe You're it. Coming a little hot, yeah. be a little spicy. <laughs> At least I'm not capsing, cap locking uh-huh. every other word. And, you know these titles that are like, yeah, yeah. you know, NRG signed TST and blah blah blah. blah. It's like um, <laughs> biggest content deal ever. <laughs> Destroys hundred thieves. <laughs> Nate shot cries. You need to make our titles. <laughs> um, but you know, I, I really do agree with you in the sense that we've talked about it before with phase Hunter t, a few other orgs as well you have to be multiple multiple faceted Absolutely. is that the right way multi-faceted mm-hmm. to actually survive in the prolonged future mm-hmm. these brands are bringing it bringing in sponsors not only based off their competitive players because phase and Hunter t don't have that many competitive teams right. i think Hunter t literally has content creators they have a few fortnite guys and they have a league of legends team mm-hmm. and the rest is content streaming brand merch
1: Right. It, all the stuff all the stuff that actually makes them money. Yeah.
2: And so I think you are so right when yeah. you nailed it when you say the future. If you want to survive the long term future of esports you need to split your direction and actually have your players that you sign. If they're going to be players, they have to be involved in multiple things. Right, Whether absolutely. it's team content, personal content, personal streams, whatever you can do. Obviously, a lot of these organizations are going in several different directions for a reason. And so I, I like the way that you think about the content teams. I'm just curious, one last question for you, Shoot. is do you think these heavily team-based orgs when, when's the time to actually transition because we're seeing now. a few, but I, I feel like we're not going to see all of them do it until maybe it's...
1: Definitely not. I don't think we're going to see them do it until it's absolutely too late. Because honestly, I think the current players on teams aren't in a position where they can just make the switch, right? Mm-hmm. Because most of their time right now, obviously because of how they've done it, done things in the past, has is probably focused on purely like, oh, let me scrim. Oh, let me, you know, play with my teammates. Let me not oh go on stream and show my tactics or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like I think a lot of teams would pro- are probably concerned about, oh, let's let's say we have Jensen play some league uh, on stream and we, he's playing a lot. Some team will pick up on his habits a lot easier. And obviously
2: easier his time probably. is fully focused on yeah, competing. Yeah, so a lot of the time it's team scrims. You're obviously not going to show that. A lot right. of teams don't allow you to. Right. And so I think you mentioned it last week as well. We might even see the full circle of more teams returning to team content. I think OpTic and FaZe were the golden era of mm. millions and millions of views. Yep, definitely. Optics obviously died off. Their content was slowly waning too as their mm. creators did. And so we saw teams kind of go away from this montage, sniper montage, sniper clan thing mm. to competing. And now we're kind of seeing a few teams go back towards content, content, content.
1: I think we probably would have seen seen montages stick around a lot longer if Call of Duty hadn't ruined it. Honestly, it because kind of the reason pissed the people off with that one. See, see, I'm talking purely because I used to make montages. Okay, talking purely from from an editing and like recording standpoint. Like Black you think Ops quality wise kind of fell Black off. Black Ops Two was the golden era of that because they had they had a really nice theater suite where you could do a lot of really interesting stuff in. So you got a lot of really interesting clips out of that, right? Because let's say you hit, you can only show too many straight three sixties into a no scope <laughs> before it gets boring, right? Yeah. yeah, but the Black Ops Two theater made it really interesting where you could say, oh. He's going to start the 360, then we're going to pull a camera back or something. We're going to do 3D. We're going to take the models and do interesting stuff there. And then newer Call of Duties has kind of made that infinitely harder. Mm -hmm. Um, I think Fortnite isn't super friendly for that, too. I think a lot of today's games don't make as good um, montages Mm -hmm. as older ones do. Um, Honestly, I, I would not be surprised if we saw a return to that. If a, if a game came out with a good theater mode or something yeah. like that. Yeah, all of a sudden yeah. just a
2: lot of montages. Yeah, yeah,
1: because you can do a lot of creative stuff with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: So I think at the very least we can both agree. We yeah. think that teams should be turning more towards content, mm-hmm. and we could be seeing that a little bit.
1: Yeah, definitely.
2: And we're going to see who can actually execute it to the best of their ability and do it successfully. Mm-hmm.
1: So in the office, <laughs> <laughs> we've been talking a lot about lately um, – you know, what other games we should cover on occasion, right? Like today you just put up the first, Is it? was it our first FIFA video? It ever? might have been our first FIFA yeah, video. Very potentially so, right? And because we honestly, <clears throat> we put out so many videos every day. We don't have too much time to branch out into other games that we aren't super familiar with. Just yeah, there's so much going on. In so sports. tough. Yeah. And we're a small team. And um, but anyway, by that same penchant, a lot of people have been saying we should get into PUBG Mobile.
2: I know. Oh, my gosh. Like, <laughs> dude so many comments just about mobile in general yeah but yeah yeah. sorry And
1: honestly after i looked a little into it (laughs) and i kind i'm kind of on board in a weird way i knew you were going to say that yeah because if you just look at the pure numbers if you look at the pure numbers it doesn't make any sense right just for comparison's sake pubg mobile has over 400 million users just in total just registered like using it in general right crap it's a lot of people. Yeah, is four hundred million even a number that's conceivable on the side of your head? Like, imagine seeing four hundred million people. <laughs> it's
2: like I I couldn't even fathom. Yeah. Although I will say there are yeah. a few, quite a few games around those numbers, but they're not mobile. Like not you near. Just you just don't picture it when you see when not, you say phone. I don't oh. picture four hundred million people. Yeah. See,
1: the thing is, you would think I because I, I definitely thought a lot of games are near that four hundred mil. Apparently, they aren't. Fortnite is only at. Uh, a little over 250 million. Really? Fortnite.
2: I guess it, but you have to think about how world. new it is. All right, so it is pretty new still. PUBG Mobile is new too. That is also a fair t- point. Those numbers Frick.
1: don't include standard PUBG at all. And those numbers include all of Fortnite. That really makes you wonder where these mobile. numbers are coming from, man. Oh, I mean, a lot of it is China and India. Uh, especially. So, dude's
2: got six phones. Yeah, <laughs> you know, playing I would all not different angles. <laughs> yeah,
1: he's playing a whole PUBG squad.
2: He <laughs> <Yeah>. does <but laughs> have a four monitor setup. He's got yeah. a quad phone setup. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah.
1: Just like it, honestly, just like one controller with three phones yeah, mounted he's on top. It. That's just, that's yeah.
2: probably a thing in stores. Probably like, honestly, you just somewhere. bought in six accounts at once. Yeah, I
1: mean, it's honestly, it's it's wild. If you just look at the uh, a couple more of the numbers in May of this year. PUBG Mobile made $146 million Whew. versus Fortnite made $203 million so across all platforms. Once again, Damn. across all platforms, and PUBG just chilling in mobile like, oh, hey, what's good? <laughs> like, you know, and it, Call, Call of Duty Mobile looks like it might be going the same direction.
2: Yeah, it could be actually pretty positive from yeah. review so far, mm-hmm. besides there, the AI. but Yeah, the
1: AI and the microtransactions are mildly concerning mm-hmm. considering... It's been two days since Cod Mobile came out, and there's already been $2 million spent on microtransactions wow. alone. Mother Over 20 God. million downloads of the game.
2: Why can't people spend that kind of money on us? Yeah, right, right? Because
1: we're worthless.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and to add that really quickly as yeah. well, Crossfire mm-hmm. is also on mobile. Yeah, uh, Very successful. Mm-hmm. So... They, this, they just got their league yep you know, they, their franchise they got league. their franchise and league you know for mobile a mobile franchise you, league bro
1: you say every time we mention one of these games all the numbers are wild then you gotta remember Tencent owns all of this oh they do? yeah oh
2: <laughs> of course they do god I love talking about Tencent Tencent is crazy everything we just talked about is tied to Tencent they, and they're just raking it
1: they're just chilling in the corner like yeah it's alright We'll have this competition Dude, between all the games that we own. And we haven't
2: even <laughs> talked about League of Legends Mobile, which, yeah, which they had a hand in. Yeah, yeah. They literally go, "Oh, let's take that main game, mm-hmm. put it on a phone, and we'll yeah. just make bank that way." Yeah, yeah. God.
1: I mean, they they straight up own, right? I didn't know they actually own. Oh, own. I don't know too much yeah, about them because yeah, they yeah. scare me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. And I mean. Taking, you got to take into account, obviously, a couple caveats with the mobile industry. Uh, a huge thing that's kind of boosted it is the fact that video game consoles were illegal in China up until 2015. Okay, okay. Yeah, I did so, not know that. So. Yeah, yeah. So that definitely boosted mobile numbers over there, and that is one of the largest markets for it. Mm-hmm. But even if we just think in terms of who plays video games, you got a breakdown of, at least for America, so 67% of Americans play video games at all, period, right?
2: of Americans? Yep. Woo!
1: Yeah, it's a pretty good number. Yeah, That's pretty high. We're on the come up. But, you know, 90% of those people play games on a smartphone. 90%. 52% play on PC, 43% play on console, and 9% play on handheld help. And, of course, there's a little crossover because some people play on multiple things. Oh, my gosh. But 90%. We're in the wrong market. Yeah, right? And you know what? It's only going to get... Larger with stuff like Stadia that allows you to play actual AAA games on a
2: phone. And you think about it, like phones yeah. are generally, I would say, worldwide compared mm-hmm. to PCs and consoles, more accessible. Oh, definitely. Everywhere. Yeah, every like basement, living room, mm-hmm. laundry room, mm-hmm.
1: in the car. You just carry it with you. Like even like a, a, I'd say, a Nintendo Switch is pretty portable, but it's not like oh, let me just slip it into my pocket and go. You can play on your phone, underwater. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. There's is is so many.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> we need to do that for a video. Yeah, PUBG.
2: All right, copyright. Don't, don't, TM, TM, yeah, TM. TM, TM, TM. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> trademark, trademark, trademark. I mean, dude, I, I almost did not want to talk to you about this because uh-huh. then I realized, wow, what have I been doing? Like pursuing PC and console games. Mm. Imagine viewership on mobile. A the, the giant other question is, though, when it comes time for mobile viewership, the esports side of it.
1: Uh, yeah, exactly.
2: Which they have their mm. fair share of esports, mm-hmm. even a franchise league already being set up for mobile games. Right, yeah. This very well could be the future. At least a a large portion of it. I think it's
1: definitely going to be. Yeah. Because especially if if more companies take up the Google approach of uh, offloading the stress from your phone, because apparently, because I didn't know this, um, and I think this definitely factors into why Fortnite isn't doing nearly as well as PUBG Mobile, is that PUBG Mobile is really low, it, it doesn't have a high requirement. For phones, it's super easy for like most entry level phones. They can still play PUBG Mobile, but that and the game aspect. Yeah, the game. Well, yeah, obviously building on a phone, would but be I mean, difficult, co- but apparently I, Fortnite is really stressful. On yeah, your phone. yeah, it'll it'll really you you have to kind of have a gaming.
2: If, if we have top-level streamers on top PCs uh, lagging in Fortnite, I uh, can't imagine what a, mo- a mobile user is yeah, going to go right, through if they're trying right. to crank if it. If I try
1: to open that up on my like, oh, old no. Galaxy, my phone would probably explode. Your battery's
2: literally like ticking, <laughs> ticking down in battery percentage, Yeah, yeah every too. second. Like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> this game better end fast. All right, all right. I got 100 seconds to <laughs> kill everyone.
2: <laughs> every, I got 100 seconds to win this game. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's uh-huh. definitely going to be interesting. We've had... Rising number of comments say cover this mobile, cover this right, mobile. Right. We're trying to. It's just a matter of angle of how to cover it.
1: Yeah, exactly. I, I would love to know how much interest there actually is in terms of seeing like mobile stuff like this mm-hmm. covered. Because I know, I think a large part of the draw of mobile is playing it yourself, a little bit more so than I feel a console and PC is yeah. to a certain
2: extent. You're definitely not going to be teaming up as much on phone, if that's Mm -hmm. what you mean. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can see that players who want to play on their own or accessibility as well and stress. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of reasons that we already talked about. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to see where it progresses to in the future. And I cannot wait because we look at a PC game and Fortnite was that PC game that really took gaming off for Mm -hmm. PC and and console. What's going to be that game? Because we already have PUBG Mobile. We already have Mobile Legends. We already have Crossfire Mobile. What's going to be that game? I mean, honestly, for mobile. If it's not PUBG, like, what's the next step? I think
1: I think it already is PUBG. Almost. I mean, it'll be PUBG two. Is what it will. It'll, yeah, it'll, it'll be.
2: But like, you have a lot of people like you and me who just don't yeah. believe it. So yeah. imagine like that's that level of game because the, the uh-huh. basis is already there. The basis I would say for yeah, mobile games definitely. is already that much higher. Mm-hmm. Fortnite was boom, a new basis. So what's gonna yeah. be that for mobile? That's gonna be that could be like the the new point.
1: Honestly, yeah. I don't think it'll be an esports thing. I think it'll probably be some like game, like, a like Clash Royale kind of thing. Like uh, no, not even, not even like anything like f- previous <laughs> phone games that you would generally associate with playing on the phone. Like uh, there's there's this game that came out uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, if any of the viewers have heard of it, it's called Sayonara Wild Hearts. It's essentially yeah, no, I've yeah not heard <laughs> 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 it's essentially like playing through playing through an, a, vi- uh, like playing through an al- a music album with a bunch of really cool graphics, and it just looks beautiful and it's really amazing game that i would never have thought that i would be playing on a mobile like, mm-hmm. platform like my phone is old played it great yeah. this is a game that's out of, it came out on ps4 the same day it did on phones mm-hmm. and it looks the same more or less so it's wild.
2: you don't think the future of mobile will be necessarily an e-sport maybe yeah. a non-traditional game i'll, yeah. I'll, I'll count i'll mm-hmm. kind of agree and counter i'll go mmo a phone mmo
1: Maybe, maybe. MMO players you love know, to be
2: able to play. From I feel like we're taking too long on this, yeah, but they yeah. love to be able to play from anywhere, once, anytime.
1: Once, once we got a uh, like you know Stadia stuff set up, definitely I could see that. Yeah, yeah. Once it, once it's not putting so much of the burden on phones and it's more on servers, oh,
2: man. Especially but with five G on the, the way, the future gonna be mad. Five G
1: is gonna be crazy. The future's
2: going to be crazy, and it mm. might just be mobile. <laughs> You know, Jake,
1: I just said we were going to hit it with the outro, but I got a surprise for you. Oh, no. We got our Randy Watch. Yo! Yeah, it's been a minute.
2: Randy Watch? Yeah. <laughs> run it, run it, run it, Pete. Run it. Uh, Randy Watch.
1: Yeah, so for those of you who are new to the Randy Watch, we got we, we like to talk about one of the most interesting figures in game design. That's and, one way to put it. Yeah, I'd say he's he's fascinating he's certainly up there yeah uh mr randy pitchford of gearbox and borderlands 3 fame mm-hmm. um anyway so uh, really really brief recap uh randy's been locked in a legal battle with his former legal legal counsel uh the legal counsel wade calendar was alleging that randy essentially uh, redirected 12 million dollars of funding that was going to go to the video game company into his own personal company that he left a USB drive with a lot of sensitive information as well as some less than savory materials, let's say.
2: Inappropriate material, <laughs> inappropriate material. But, it was on the USB stick. But it's a magic trick, he swears.
1: Yeah. <laughs> he, was, he was only interested from a magic perspective. Yep, yep, <laughs> yeah. of course. Yeah, um, and you know, several <laughs> other things uh, anyway. He's and, done
2: a lot of weird things, a lot of wrong things, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Um, what, what
1: about him? Anyway, so the lawsuit's over. It's, it's done. The two of them came to an agreement, and they settled. So, so, so I mean, at the end of the day, Randy got away. Randy got away, and I'm I'm not convinced. Sly by Randy,
2: ways. Sly.
1: <laughs> Are you surprised? I, no, because Randy gets his way out of anything, yeah, to be honest. a slithery guy. Yeah, there is a little bit of background here in the sense that the court case said, Randy, uh, the evidence shown completely exonerates Randy, but I don't know if I believe that considering... Of course you don't. Just like a month ago, Wade Callender was filing stuff that said, hey, yeah, they're being really shady and not giving the evidence that was requested legally. And the court was like, you have to hand over evidence. And since this is a mutual sett- settlement, I very much think Randy paid Wade a little bit of money, and Wade, uh, the guy who was suing Randy again, he just got a cushy new job as legal counsel for the NRA. That's the National Rifle Association. For those who aren't familiar with it, and I imagine the NRA doesn't want their legal counsel tied up in a really weird legal battle with Randy Pitchford and dragging all of that out through
2: court. Do you think Wade signed an NDA while oh, filing for the absolutely to work with the NRA? NDA yeah, being a non disclosure, so just absolutely. get paid, don't talk.
1: Yeah, I think Cal- and Calendar and Pitchford are childhood friends, so I think they just hash their differences
2: out. They, so the guy who sued him was kind yeah. of a childhood friend of yeah, his? Yeah, I think, yeah. Here's my here's my question for you. Do mm. you blame Wade? Would you have liked to see him pursue Randy a bit more, or I mean, do you, if you were in his shoes, if would I you was have done the same thing? If I was in his shoes,
1: I'd probably, I would very much consider taking the paycheck, especially with his job with the NRA, because could this legal case could kind of derail his entire career if it doesn't go exactly the way he wants it to. Mm-hmm. So I think it it works out well for both parties. I'm mildly disappointed because I would have loved to have seen all this come out in court. Yeah. It's got a lot of great information, but hey, it is what it is. I don't blame the guy.
2: man. You know, yeah. at least Randy had to pay a little bit, I guess. Is I the... mean,
1: probably. I, we don't even know if he did. I mean, I would assume uh. he did, but... Who knows? You hate to see it. Randy yeah. getting away. Man. It. It's, to, it's always going to happen. One
2: day we're going to get you. <laughs> one day Randy's going to get God. No, it's honestly. We'll be
1: here. It's not going to be us. It's
2: going to be the Yakuza. <laughs>
1: oh, yeah. True. One, one of these days the Yakuza is going to get fed up with Randy. Only
2: OG, like all yeah. the way through podcast listeners, will have any idea what you're talking no, about yeah. with the Yakuza. And I, even saying the word gets me kind of scared. Yeah, so. yeah.
1: I, there's no way to possibly get into all of that without talking for the next like 30 minutes. So we're not even going to try. For real. But and like, we always yeah. promise
2: one day we'll have a video all around. Yeah. Right Honestly,
1: I don't know that we can because it probably gets way t- a little bit too close to like slander in some weird yeah, way. even though it's I, hard not to slander. Yeah, a guy. yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of evidence that points to, to Randy, but nothing where you could legally say Randy did it. Yeah, in that way. You know, but, but one hey, day, one of these days, God dang it, Randy. One of these days, Jim Sterling is gonna get Randy. That's I, what's gonna happen. The, yeah. I hope. Uh huh. Uh huh. But anyway. Now that we've done our Randy watch, the outro, people. Yeah, let's you know, let's wrap things up. Let's do it. Yeah, thanks. what do you, you got? Something to say to the people, Zan? Yeah, I mean, I, first of all, thank you as always. Thanks for sticking around. Thanks for listening. Thanks yeah. for putting up with thank us. Thank you, nerds. Yeah, you know, we appreciate you guys. Uh, we're about to hit 52k pretty shortly. We just hit 50k last week. Thank you guys a million. Um, and anyway, things have been going great so far. It's been a grind, man. Yeah, definitely, it's been a grind, but I think it's working out pretty well. <sighs> So, anybody out there, if you happen to be watching the video version of this podcast and you want to listen to it on the go on your phone, you, they do say mobile is going global. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> you can find us on the Prediction Esports Talk Show Network. That's Prediction with two E's: P R E E D I C T I O N. Uh, we're a part of their network. You can find new episodes every single Monday. Uh, you know, uh, you can always find us on Twitter. Uh, just type in Esports Talk. You know, you know how it is. You'll 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 see us right away. Um, you can always find our content at esportstalk.com, our YouTube channel, Esports Talk.
2: Yeah, all we upload five to six videos a day now. is seemingly the average. So if you want to uh, see uh, me, <laughs> <laughs> you guys come on. You want to see a lot of Jay. <laughs> yeah, you want to see too much of me, stop on by. Uh, but, yeah, as per usual, thank you guys yeah. for watching. I really, really do good. appreciate all of you guys um here on the podcast you know we got uh some highlight clips coming each and every week from the podcast as Definitely. well just every case, single weekend usually. yeah people yeah. don't you know because we talk about some good stories so yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you guys as always for listening to esports rewind podcast guys we'll be back here same time next week until then take care of yourselves we'll see you then thanks for watching